Welcome to the Panjiva Daily. We bring you data-driven insights into global trade events and a review of our recent research. I'm Chris Rogers, Panjiva's trade analyst, and here's what's on for June the 12th. Potential concerns about the cohesion of OPEC oil production cuts have had a bigger negative impact on shipping rates than access to Qatari markets. Also, Russia still has a $10 billion trade problem with the US, and we review carriers' market share of US inbound container traffic. Let's get started with logistics. Action by six states, including Saudi Arabia against Qatar, continue for a second week, with diplomatic ties having been cut and shipping movements restricted, as I discussed last week. The main impact has been on oil prices and tanker rates, which fell by 9% and 11% last week. That reflects concerns that OPEC production cuts may unwind due to tensions within the group. Container rates also fell by 1% on China to Gulf routes, partly reflecting lower bunker fuel costs from the lower oil price. Comments from container line Mesk on finding alternative routes for Qatari traffic may have helped, though more rate decisions are due this week and may give a truer picture of the overall impact. More on logistics later, but let's move on to economics and trade policy. Russia's exports climbed by nearly 20% on a year earlier in April, which was the sixth straight rise and slightly ahead of economists' expectations. The growth in exports to China, which are led by oil, nickel and timber, increased by 17%, while those to the US slowed to an 8% expansion from more than 50% a month earlier. That in part reflects a slowdown in the expansion of oil product shipments to the US, which grew by 12% compared to a 95% jump in March. That's partly because the year-on-year rise in oil prices is now slowing. Now, while Russia's trade surplus with the US fell on a year earlier in the month, it still stands at $10 billion on a rolling 12-month basis. That may make it a target for the Trump administration's omnibus report on the causes of the US trade deficit, which is due out later this month. Staying with politics, a meeting today of UK MPs from the Conservative Party may define the style of Brexit the government will push for, the BBC reports. This may include a softening of the government's stance, including a reversal of the no deal is better than the bad deal stance, as discussed in our research on Friday. The outcome will drive future EU trade deals with the rest of the world as well, as the UK accounts for 14% of EU trade with China and 16% with the US. The EU may welcome a delay to talks, but it may also struggle with politics, as a final deal may need member state approval, and there's a lot of elections coming up in Europe over the next 12 months. Staying in Europe... The European Commission has applied countervailing duties against Chinese exports of sheet steel, adding a 31% rate on top of anti-dumping duties of 36% that have already been applied. The alleged subsidies relate to state financing and come against the broader background of the EU's treatment of China as a market economy. Yet, the case is largely irrelevant for exporters including Bengxi and Angang. Chinese exports of the products concerned increased by 45% on a year earlier in the quarter to April 30th. Shipments to the EU appear to have been diverted to South Korea, which is a fairly common trend that we've seen across steel cases in the past two years. Crossing the Atlantic, the US ITC has voted to continue investigating complaints of subsidies for, and dumping of, large civil aircraft exports by Bombardier of Canada. 
That comes against the backdrop of broader concerns for the US aerospace sector from new Chinese and Russian jets and a WTO case against tax support for Boeing, which reached a conclusion on Friday. Our data shows that US aerospace imports already fell in 10 of the past 12 months though. Total imports dropped by 14% for the 12 months to April 30th on a year earlier, while those from Canada slumped by more than a quarter. Brazilian exports to the US, which are from Embraer, were 1% better over the same period. They may be the next target for the ITC. Coming back now to logistics, we have two pieces on ports and one on carriers out today. Firstly, Taiwan's ports handled 4% fewer containers in April on a year earlier. That was the first decline since September and only the second in over a year. It was broad-based, though Taichung did see a small increase in handling. The drop is a contrast to the increase in the value of exports, which likely reflects the importance of smaller electronics items which travel by air steadily increasing over time. It also marks a difference between Taiwan's ports and its peers in Singapore, South Korea, mainland China and Hong Kong, which all saw increases in April. Second, South African ports container handling increased by 6% in May compared to a year earlier. That was the sixth straight month of growth and was led by a 12% rise in international exports. In turn, it should mean that the 4% rise in the value of exports nationally seen in South Africa during April is repeated in May. Shipments to the US that landed in May actually fell, but should increase in June, as May's exports from South Africa begin to arrive. MSC and Maersk remain the dominant carriers on South Africa to US routes, with an 80% market share in the past quarter. Finally, we have our proprietary monthly review of US carriers out today, and here's a quick summary. The vessel-owning carriers operating containerized freight operations on US inbound routes experienced a 3% growth in handling on a year earlier in May, which was the third straight month of growth. There was a continued shift in market share towards the larger operators, with 14 of the top 20 operators experiencing higher volumes in the month. Growth at MSC, which was 25%, Maersk at 10%, and Hyundai Merchant Marine at nearly a third was the most notable, and may reflect continued benefits from them taking on the capacity from Hanjin shipping after its bankruptcy last year. Hapag Lloyd saw a modest loss of market share, 0.1 percentage points to 5.5 percentage points of market share, ahead of its merger with UASC. Evergreen saw the biggest increase, with a 0.8 percentage point increase in its market share to now reach 5.2%. That may reflect the impact of the alliance arrangements that it's within. The alliances generally are likely to remain controversial, with the US Congress considering limitations on them over the past month. The top 20 shippers, of which 15 are part of an alliance, added 5 percentage points of market share in the three months to May 31st, and now have 64.3% of the whole market. If you'd like to find out more about Panjiva Research, head over to our homepage at panjiva.com. Thank you very much for listening and have a great week. 